everyone, and welcome to the Wildcat Playbook right here on Beyond the Big Ten. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. You can follow all of our fantastic college football content at Beyond the Big Ten. I'm rolling solo today, you guys. Corey had something come up, but we are here to talk about the North Northwestern Wildcats getting their first win of the season, taking on UTEP. They win 38-7. to So our kickoff right here, I just want to talk to you guys, the fans, right now. And the only thing that I have to say is let's just soak it up. All right, let's just enjoy this moment here right now. After a terrible offseason of off-the-field issues, we obviously dismiss our coach, Pat Fitzgerald. You're coming in this season, you don't really know what to expect. The Northwestern Wildcats have lost 18 of their last 19 college football games. So anytime you put a W in front of the final box score that is in the favor of the Wildcats, you have to celebrate. And look, after a really difficult week one, against Rutgers. I know, look, we're going to get into it a little bit about UTEP in terms of its competitive nature and the type of opponent it was. It was not a necessarily a Division One team. But at the same time, a win is a win, and you saw a lot of things that were lacking in Week 1 that they were able to pick up, execute, and implement, and maybe a couple of new wrinkles that might give them a shot to be competitive moving forward into the season. So look, you got to take it for what it is. I mean, I don't know how many more times we're going to get an opportunity to say the Northwestern Wildcats are at 500, but they are right now, people. It's one and one. It felt good. They put up some points. And let's dive into it right now. And let's go right into our X's and O's. So X's and O's for the Northwestern Wildcats win 38-7 to over UTEP. Let's just go a little bit of a game score here. Now, obviously, Ben Bryant. The week previous, threw the ball 40 times, and me and Corey were right here on this show saying, look, that doesn't look like Northwestern Wildcat football. They should have been running the football. They got away from it a little bit. He ended up chucking the ball around 40 times. Now, look, it was a slow first half, right? It was 7-7 to at the half, and I know a lot of people were saying, uh-oh, here we go again. And on this very show last week, Corey said, this was a must-win. And if Northwestern didn't win this game, he had questions about whether they would win another game again this season. And at halftime, it started to feel like that a little bit. But moving into the second half, they were able to turn it around and put some points on the board. I got Ben Bryan here, 11 completions, uh, 11 for 17 on completions, 116 yards. He did throw a touchdown. You know, from the running game, we saw more of it, right? What did, what did we ask for in keys to a victory last week? We said, Cam Porter's got to get at least 15 touches. And Corey said, I need more than that. I need 20 touches. Well, we got just that. He got 17 from the backfield. He got a couple of receptions. He picked up 90 yards on the ground. Couple other things to kind of look at here. AJ Henning, my guy, my preseason guy. I've been talking about him the whole time. He had four catches. Uh, excuse me, he had four rushes for 35 yards. Again, that end around game is going to be another component that's going to help keep the opponent's defense off their back a little bit and provide a little bit of a different look and hopefully a look that will help them score some points deeper into the season. He got a 17 yard touchdown in another end around. I mean, and look, we're going to get to it in a second with the three quarterbacks. But can I just talk really quickly? about Joseph Hyman's 85-yard screen. Okay. When we're talking about the Wildcats and trying to score some points here, there are a couple guys in this team that have legitimate speed. We talked about A.J. Henning, and he's a guy that they've tried to get the ball to on several different occasions, especially in that first game, and especially in this one. Just get the ball in his hands, right, and see if he can make a play with the football. We don't have to be this traditional passing attack or just grind it out all the time. We've got to figure out different ways to have the defense going left to right. But then they got the ball into Joseph Hyman's hands, and that dude has some speed. He went 85 yards on that screen pass, the only pass that backup Brian Holinsky threw in the game. He was one for one, 100% completion percentage, <laughs> player of the game, Holinsky. But no, Joseph Hyman, again, there were some guys that stepped up in this game that we didn't see in week one. 
So when you're sitting there as a Wildcats fan and you're saying to yourself, man, how are we going to score points this year? You know, where are the weapons? What are we going to do? And what is it going to look like? Well, we learned about two new guys in this game that could possibly help them down the stretch. The first one was Joseph Hyman with that 85-yard screen pass. They got to figure out different ways to get him the ball. That dude in the open field can turn a game around really quickly. And then the other guy, let's get to it, Jake Lausch. Our Taysom Hill, Evanston's Taysom Hill himself. Um, the dude taking the rock on four rushes for 53 yards. He got actually got the Wildcats on the board in the first half with a direct snap uh, run for a touchdown. And look, we've talked about it before. Look, I'm kind of an NFL guy. Um, I love the Wildcats. I don't know every single thing about college football all the time. So we see it happen in this sport. But typically, I like to say the cliche of, you know, if you're playing three quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. And I said that last week regarding Ben Bryant. Now, Ben Bryant, again, in this game, I like the velocity in a couple of throws. He is definitely the most, not NFL ready, but he's the one that looks like he looks the part. Ben Bryan looks the part when he's back there with that velocity, the way he stands in the pocket. And he's a veteran who's had success at the college level. But then you bring in these different elements. And I think this is what's so intriguing and perhaps something that the Wildcats can build on as we move forward in the season. Jake Lausch just provides a different element. He is big. He is physical. He is just that Taysom Hill that you talk about. And when you're trying to pick up some easy yards, when you're trying to stay competitive in these games moving forward, they're going to have to throw some different looks at people. And I think these are the type of players that we saw in this UTEP game that hopefully, look, I know lesser opponent, but moving forward, they got to highlight that and say, man, we got to be versatile. We got to be dynamic. We got to be diverse in who touches the football for us to be able to be competitive and score some points. Run the rock with Cam Porter. Great. End around with A.J. Henning. Awesome. I thought there was a fantastic pass from Ben Bryant to Cam Johnson across the middle, and then he, he was able to get a couple extra yards. He brings a little physicality to that wide receiver game that I think we could utilize a little bit more. And then you have the idea of a screen pass to Joseph Hyman with that speed, and then the Jake Lausch factor of making the linebackers line up, figuring out which way he's going to go, making opposing defenses have gap discipline, and then making them choose. And I think if you can dial up and be enough creative with your play calling, there's a world where, you know, the Northwestern Wildcats at least score some points and stay in some of these games. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Another thing that Corey was railing on last week, and we pulled it up. They had zero sacks. I believe they only had two tackles for a loss in their week one loss to Rutgers. Well, that totally flipped. And the most importantly, the biggest one was, that flipped was the field when they got some takeaways. They had four sacks in the game. They had nine tackles for a loss. Um, again, the linebackers, the core of this Wildcats defensive unit came up big. We have Xander Mueller and Bryce Gallagher both getting an interception. Um, I believe also Xander Mueller also got a sack in the game. They got three takeaways total. And this was a big part about the reason why they got to that second half and were able to blow this team out was they were able to flip the field a little bit. When you flip the field, you get that confidence. Because now you're leveraged a little bit. Maybe you have a little bit of a shorter distance to get to the end zone. And then you can really start kind of playing with it a little bit. So, again, UTEP, right? 38-7. to But Wildcats fans, rejoice and celebrate that there is now a blueprint to not only just play competitive football, but maybe sneak in there and upset some teams moving forward. So, speaking of that, let's roll it forward and get into our scouting report for the next week. Let's dive into our scouting report right here. We just got done with the little X's and O's after a fantastic 38-7 win. You're listening to the Wildcat Playbook right here. I'm Joey Christopoulos riding solo today. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy or follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. Now, look, again, not going to be easy heading into week three. They play Duke. 
Um, Duke is off to a great start. They've scored 60 points throughout their first two games. Um, they're currently ranked at, I believe, 21 in the nation as of this taping right now. So, look, this is a tough matchup for the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, and I, I can be honest with you and say that the matchups probably do not favor them really at any side or in any position group uh, moving forward. But I'm going to try and play Corey Wooten here because this is the idea here. We're, we're going to try and find keys to a victory, or at least keys to a competitive game. Look, I think at this point in the season, you know, and, and I think it's going to be like this throughout the whole year, especially with the new head coaching staff too as well. I think style points are going to have to matter a little bit with the Wildcats. Um, I don't know if the win total is going to be there that's going to justify or really be able to kind of dig into whether this has been a successful season. So when you talk about playing a team like Duke that scored 60 points the last two weeks, you have to ask yourself the question, is it about winning or losing, or is it about how they play against this type of competition? Can they get over 20 points versus a Duke? And let's just say, you know, they lose by 15 or 18. I think the obviously the spread is going to be pretty, uh, pretty wide. It's going to be a wide gap on the spread. But when you look at it, can the, can the Wildcats make it a game? Can they score over 20 points? Can they get a couple stops here and there? Maybe even a takeaway. Can they find things to continue to build off of last week's performance of UTEP and build it maybe in a loss, but take it forward into the rest of the season? And that's going to be the big key there. Now, I'm going to play Corey Wooten and say one of the keys to, to victory is obviously going to be stopping the run. Um, you know, we talked a lot about in the preseason about Najee's story. Hasn't really shown up in the box score quite yet. Um, again, that defensive line, that defensive pressure, that's where it starts and that's where it begins. And when you see these linebackers picking off passes in the middle of the field, getting aggressive, making those tackles, um, it all starts with the defensive line. You know, if guys are getting to the second level, you are going to see a lot of high tackle totals, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're playing great. That just means the guys are getting to the second level and no one can stop them. So again, setting the edge. Getting that pressure up front and stopping the run is going to be the quickest way for the Wildcats to stay in this game for as long as possible. On the other side of the football, again, when you play against a team with a good offense, you play against a ranked team, you're trying to hang in there a little bit. Ball possession, ball possession, time control, grind the game down, slow it up as best as you possibly can. So on the offensive side of the ball, I'm just going to say, keep that portfolio diverse, Wildcats, all right? I want to see a bunch of different looks. You know, you don't necessarily have to throw the ball a ton to move the chains when you have different looks that you can throw at an opposing defense. And that keeps the clock running, that keeps the ball in your possession, and it gives Duke even less of an opportunity to put up some points. So, again, build off of what you've just done. Get Josh, Joseph Hyman more looks in this game. I'm not saying take Jake Lausch and go from four rushes for 53 yards or four looks from, that, uh, from the backfield as a direct snap. I'm not saying all of a sudden give him 15 a game, but it has to be incorporated and at least figure out a way now that when he's back there, maybe try and run something else so that the defense has to think about something else now. Continuously try and be complex pre-snap for the defense to make some decisions. Um, again, Cam Porter, you're going to have to keep him involved. You know, A.J. Henning, he's an interesting, he's an interesting case, right? They want to get the ball into his hands. So they've been doing it behind the line of scrimmage and hoping that his athleticism and speed pay off. Um, I would like to try and see them maybe work that down the field a little bit more. Um, I have liked what I've seen from Cam Johnson so far. I mean, this is a quality receiver who can get open at times and make some plays. So all of a sudden, after this 38-7 to win, at least you're seeing more pieces and more weapons that the Wildcats can at least throw out there to be a threat on offense to possibly put up some points, and that's what it's going to take. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Final score prediction, 
I don't know, guys. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think Northwestern wins this game, right? I don't think this one is in the stars for them. But I'm glad they got their first one of the season. They can go to one and two, uh, move over, and then you start Big Ten play a little bit at that point. Um, I'm not going to go with the final score. But I am going to say, though, based on last week's performance, the confidence that this coaching staff should have, the, the high of victory that these players should at least be feeling, I am going to say that the Wildcats score at least 20 points in this game. And that is my prediction for that. And now for our final segment, let's do a little word on campus. Okay, word on campus rolling solo here. Um, I didn't play college football. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I played nine weeks of it in high school, got my head beat in, and then quit miserably uh, and went ahead and played baseball and then eventually became a theater kid. That's my background. That's my story. Um, but obviously, I've been following the game for a long time. And, you know, when we talk about the broad aspects of what this season looks like, you know, and we finally got a win under our belt here at Northwestern, you know, Wildcat Alley, let's be honest, uh, you know, this is the conversation that I want to have. And maybe this is my parting word is, is there another upset on that board there? Now they've got a couple of games on their schedule that look, you know, suddenly a little winnable, right? You know, Nebraska's hung around a couple of times, but they're 0-2. Honestly, Minnesota has not looked very great. Um, Purdue's already played poorly in one of their games. I know this is down the road a little bit, but still, those are going to be games that could possibly be had for the Wildcats down the road. Um, you know, I don't know about the Iowa game at this point. Maryland is scoring points. Wisconsin is scoring points. Penn State is Penn State. So there's going to be some tough games on this slate for the Northwestern Wildcats. But I just want to put it out there. Can they get one more? And one more, more importantly, is can they get an upset? Can they op uh, totally overturn the tables of Big Ten and just get one more? That's going to be the interesting to see them to, to see moving forward. And after a win like this, this is what's going to be really important for this coaching staff now, is that now that they've got a small little taste of it and gotten it early enough in the season, there's no excuse why this team shouldn't continue to improve on a weekly basis. I'm not saying they're going to start winning games, but I'm saying that if you continue to improve, it does at least put you in the universe, in the realm of possibly upsetting a team. And what a great feather in the cap would it be for these players, for this brand new coaching staff, to get one of those types of wins at some point this season. Now, obviously, when we walked into the year, the over-under was two and a half. Uh, we got a ways to go before we get there. I do see a couple games on the schedule that are very possible for them to get to three, um, you know, maybe even four. I'm trying to remember, I think Corey maybe had them at five, which is, seeming, is seemingly a little more daunting right now. But I don't think it's going to be about the quantity of the wins. It's going to be about the quality. And even in the quality in those losses, too. And I, I brought this up, and maybe that's the theme for today's show, is that now that you've got this win under your belt, what does the quality of your competition, your own personal competition that you put out there on the field every Saturday, what does that look like? And if you continue to slowly improve upon that, continue to build a little bit of that chemistry, um, continue to trust each other, stay diverse with all these different weapons. Can you put yourself in a position to upset a team? Um, and maybe my final thought is this, is that um, word on the street is uh, that the crowd was a little sparse there um, for the home opener at Wildcat Alley. And I think it's completely understandable. Um, I completely understand a lot of people that have cheered for the program, donated to the program, um, attended the attended the university. Um, that are feeling feeling a certain way um, about what has happened to the program off the field, um, but what you have to also sort of realize is that two things. Um, the first one is that the processes in place 
um, you would hope. And so they have said, and what it's going to be everyone, everyone's jobs right now, and their accountability is going to be about setting the program back on the right path and eradicating this version of hazing um, that frankly was weird. And I'll just say it, frankly, was kind of disgusting. Um, so we're on the path to moving off of that. So I understand a lot of fans might feel a certain way about, you know, uh, freely going out and trying to support something um, that honestly makes them feel so ashamed. But I will say to the sparse crowd, um, I do hope that by season's end, um, that we can have enough of a pick and parcel to make the decision to say that we don't agree with what's happened at the university, the people that have been in charge, and the people that should be and are now taking responsibility for it. And we can separate that hopefully by the end of the season with the players that are on the field right now, um, the guys that are trying to have um, those memorable college moments. And that's why we love uh, the Big Ten um, is that these guys get an opportunity to, to wear the uniform and, and play in such a beautiful conference and an amazing historical le- legendary conference. And uh, they get to have memories and take it with them the rest of their lives. And that's what these guys on this team right now are trying to build. And the hope is that they give you something to cheer for. And by the end of the season, hopefully that the crowds maybe just get a little bit better because at some point we are going to have to separate from what's happened and start to move into what's happening right now, which is these players right now trying to do the best they can to get better on a daily basis and, and hopefully win some football games, but more importantly, be competitive, respectful, and, and, and really put up a good fight in a very, very tough Big Ten conference this year. Um, they won 1-11 last year, as I mentioned at the top of the pod. Northwestern has lost 18 of their last 19. So picking up a win last week, look, it's few and far in between. And, and I understand that no one wanted to come out for the home opener. But I'm hoping by season's end, um, if you are a Wildcat fan, you start watching these players right here, you can root for some of these guys because some of these guys are just kids. Um, they're doing the best they can. Some of these guys were in um, you know, big-time programs, didn't get the playing time that they wanted, and they came to Northwestern to get that opportunity, to get that chance to shine on the college stage, and they chose Northwestern to do it. And they're going to get that opportunity this year. And um, a lot of these guys had never even stepped foot on campus until a couple months ago. So, um, And if you decide to look to take the year off or, or take – the rest of your life off. I mean, that that is completely your decision, and I completely respect it. But I do hope, uh, just for the kids that are on this team right now as we move forward, um, that people do come out and support them and, and cheer for just those players um, as we make sense and move forward and hopefully evolve and improve um, what's been happening at Northwestern University and what that university, which has been so respected. Um, and obviously, I'm from Chicago. When we talk about the class, of Chicago, we've always talked about Northwestern, um, not only its education system, um, but the type of people that come out of that program, educational, sports, whatever it is, we've always had such great respect for it. So we want to restore that somehow. And uh, it's going to take a while. Um, but for right now, we're just going to try and root for these players and hope that they have as much success as they possibly can so they can leave that university with not just a degree, but also some memories too as well in the football field. Um, that's going to do it for me. Riding solo. Very interesting. Not sure if I landed the plane, um, but but I flew it nonetheless. Uh, my name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. My co-host, who will return next week, is former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten, former Northwestern Wildcat standout. You can follow him at Corey Wooten. Two O's, two T's on the end there. Make sure y'all get that right. 
Um, also, please follow us at Beyond the Big Ten. We've got shows on the weekly recapping games and, more importantly, getting ready for Saturdays. Um, look, the Big Ten Conference, they are ranked teams all over the place. they got guys scoring points. got a lot of great storylines. All of our guys, former athletes, are there to cover it on the regular. We have so much more great content coming up, um, especially as the season gets a little bit deeper, especially conference play gets involved. So if you like this show and you say, you know what, I'm not really a Wildcats fan, I'm more of a Badgers fan. We got a great Badger show right over there. Make sure you check that out uh, with James White, Sojourn Shelton, Warren Herring. I mean, the list goes on for all of our different great shows. For thank you for listening to this one. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Hey, for one week, Wildcats Alley is rocking after a 38 to seven win over UTEP. We'll see what happens this week versus Duke, but we'll be back to talk about it then. Um, have a great day and thanks for listening.